Welcome to the IGN Movies Podcast. Uh, Jim Vavita and Tom Jorgensen here. There are a few key things to talk about this week, so let's just dive in and talk about Solo, a Star Wars story, and mm-hmm. it's incredibly underperformance, uh, incredibly underperforming performance at yeah. the box office. Um, I know that's like a sensitive thing for, for fans uh, yep. to, to, to accept, but it is not doing well. It opened with... Uh, 84.4 million from the Friday to Sunday uh, frame, as they put it in the trades. Uh, and it is now standing at 119 million domestically and really badly overseas with only 82 million. Um, this movie will probably still be number one this weekend, but it's dropping. But only because like nothing else is coming out. That's right. Everyone thought this would be a bigger thing. We're looking at a Star Wars movie that will be pretty much a two-weekend movie at this point. It will probably not even crack 200 million. That is astounding for a Star Wars movie. It's it's horrible. It's, you know. So uh, what do you attribute, Tom, the, uh, the... we have to call it a failure. It's a failure. It, it, the movie was like something like three hundred million, so it's not going to break even. Yeah, the number the number one thing I point to the is really, I, I think it comes down to the marketing. They this was not. It seems like it was not marketed properly, and I I don't think that's a controversial opinion. We only got the first trailer for it a couple months ago. We got the first trailer for Force Awakens a full year ahead of yeah. that movie releasing, and obviously that's a different circumstance. That's the return of Star Wars films to the to theaters uh, after a 10-year absence at that point. Yeah. So uh, obviously the behind-the-scenes drama hurt them bad. Yeah. I, I really do think... Because when I look at the movie... Um, just on its own, if we were guessing how the movie would perform just based on how it is as a movie, it should have done so well. I re- like, you know, we've the the sort of our opinions of it. I I kind of recorded my opinions on right. the podcast. We had you on the spoiler cast last week. So, you know, our opinions are out there, so we don't need to relitigate that. But I think we can agree that it was a fun movie, that it uh, you know, for its flaws, it still definitely has charm. And it's exciting, and it's a perfectly fine Star Wars movie. At, you know, I, I'm guessing that's what it was. Yeah, is that the marketing for this movie and the the um, behind the scenes drama like really killed. Well, it. the behind the scenes thing, just from a practical standpoint, like they didn't tease this movie with Last Jedi. Yeah, we didn't get anything until what February. So, yep. you you have a, a Star Wars movie that's the number one movie of 2017. Opens huge, um, and there was nothing to 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 promote the next Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably because they didn't have effects done uh, for some of the trailers yet. Yeah, and and it just became like. At that point, you just didn't have anything to to show people, and by the time you did, they you weren't selling them anything that they felt like maybe they needed to know, uh, because they already know how Han's uh, story ends. And so there, I just feel like the this is where kind of like the concept of the movie too. And again, like we're not going to rehash this out, but like clearly, people just feel like they don't need to see this movie or or hear this particular story and it's you yeah know, 
And it's a shame because I really do think I like me personally, I really do hope it gets a sequel. I don't see how it's going to happen with the, with the numbers unless, unless Kathleen Kennedy just like really sort of goes like, look, accepts the the sort of drama for what it was and accepts the fact that it really did impact the movie. Um, and there are people out there that are going to disagree with us and say, the reason it's not getting a sequel is because it's a bad movie. Yeah. And, th- and those people are entitled to those opinions. Of course. But I do think that um, it does set up so many exciting possibilities for f- exploring those characters yeah. further. I just hope we get to see it. I just think it, it one one lesson, one takeaway from this movie should be don't expect that you're getting a sequel. Yeah. You know, tell your yep. full story in that one movie because I feel like um and this was something we mentioned in the spoiler cast, but like I would have liked to have seen Hans kind of full arc to the point where he is that 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 truly self-centered jerk that we meet at the beginning of uh in in um New Hope. And yeah. instead of making me feel like we're going to have to sit through a trilogy of stories, because even now, it's even Star Wars can't guarantee that you're going to get a sequel. So that's, to me, insane to think that we have a Star Wars flop and it's Han Solo. Like, yeah. it seemed like money in the bank at one point in time, I'm sure. But um, what do you think this means for somebody like Kathleen Kennedy? Like, this is... This is a huge egg on her face and on that company's face. Not only like have all of these productions, uh, all, all the 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 Star Wars anthology films, all had behind the scenes drama, but now you you had one that was a big hit, Rogue One, and now a big flop. Yeah. So, like, what does that mean? How do you grow Star Wars out from just the uh, the Skywalker trilogies? I'm I'm not quite sure the answer to that because uh, economically, what is the future? How do you grow that brand? Because China doesn't care about Star Wars. Solo bombed there. Solo was bombing around the world. Like, so I, I don't think Star Wars is as safe a brand as anyone thought. You know? Yeah, we're we're seeing possibly the. Uh the sort of nostalgia of Star Wars coming back, I think we're starting to see that sort of slip. And so fans are going to start demanding that these movies be something really big and special. Mm -hmm. Um, There are plenty of people that have uh, pretty negative opinions about The Last Jedi and point to, to that as like this sort of breaking point of like, this is when Star Wars fans like, and no, no offense to fans of this franchise, like, uh, this is when Star Wars fans became like Star Trek fans and very just like angry and protective of what they think it should be. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I think that we're sort of at that point. And I think the uh, the Star Wars movie that was announced this week, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, certainly has the potential to um, – to kind of get around those criticisms and like deliver something that just works so well on its own that, um, you know, people will just like it for what it is. Do you think Kathleen Kennedy's job is possibly, I mean, at this point with all the directors getting fired and all that, do I think her job's in jeopardy? No. And I'll tell you why, because I do think that while all this drama and everything that happened led us to the point of getting a solo movie, that a solo solo movie that really uh, underperformed the alternative. If uh, she had not stepped in and fired Lord and Miller, 
um, like what m- movie we had gotten. I overall, like, I, I don't have a ton of reason not to trust her judgment because I have been a fan, uh, majoritively speaking, of what Disney has done with the franchise so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm not one of those people that sees the evolutions that it's kind of introducing as a negative thing. I think it's actually necessary yeah. to keep Star Wars going. I think these are growing pains we're going through. So why don't I think Kathleen Kennedy's job is in jeopardy? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think because uh, we avoided, we sort of crashed into the guardrail instead of going over the cliff with Solo. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't perform very well. It, no, it performed terribly as far as yeah. relation to how much the budget inflated to goes. But uh, I, I do hope that she, um, you know, that the a solo, there's a future for Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover and Amelia Clark and those characters uh, and seeing where that story goes because it sets yeah. up so many cool ideas. I mean, uh, I, I am curious though. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing to think that when Disney bought, Lucasfilm, and when they bought Marvel, Marvel was the risk. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, Star Wars, money in the bank. And it, I mean, look, they uh, most of those movies have cracked $1 billion. This is their first real misstep. Mm-hmm. But it's just amazing to think that Marvel is the one whose future just seems bright and will never, like, like it's there to last. Yeah. Star Wars, I do wonder, like, if... It's not being embraced in the second biggest market in the world. Like, what future does that franchise have? Like, it has to find a way to play in China, and it none of them are really popping there. Like, yeah. Uh, you know? So it's just like to me, if I'm Disney, I'm looking at yeah, we paid four billion, and you've probably made that back, but you want something that's going to last a lifetime. And, and grow around the world so you can sell your stuff everywhere and not just in America. And they got a lot of figuring out to do. Now, speaking of things to figure out, uh, there's a Boba Fett movie uh, that is yes, officially happening is. with James Mangold, director of Logan, uh, directing it. Uh, Tom, what the hell do you think of that? Uh, I am super excited about that. Yeah. I think that uh, James Mangold is the, in much the same way um, uh, bringing Ryan Johnson in for Last Jedi really excited me because I was like, that is a that is a guy that doesn't that kind of plays by his own like can play well with the studio, but like has a very specific vision and really knows how to execute it. Yeah. And Mangold, I mean, you need to look no further than Logan to see what somebody can do with um with somebody a character that we know and love and giving us that character in a completely new light and context and making it something special. Yeah, and he really, he, he makes essentially like neo-Westerns, right? Yes. Even Copland was one. Yep. Like, so this, I can totally see like Boba Fett is a, essentially a sci-fi Western, you know? I mean, right down to like, he hangs out in cantinas and he's a bounty hunter. I mean, he's yeah. basically Clint Eastwood in, in, you know, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And um, so I could totally see Mangold uh, using that sort of uh, iconography and the, the, the imagery of mm. the Western, but in a sci-fi setting. And you could totally have, um, like, I, you wonder, like, could Han Solo be the bad guy in a Boba Fett movie? Well, yeah, it would actually be a really interesting, who knows what the plot of that movie, it's such early days, yeah. like, it's, it's, there's no way to know, but... 
I could totally see them weaving uh, young Han Solo, like Alden Ehrenreich's yeah. Han Solo into that movie because we, you know, spoilers for Solo, here we go. Um, he doesn't die. Well, yes, Not he doesn't die. Yeah, 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 yeah. But of course, at the end of the movie, and this shouldn't really come as a surprise, at the end of the movie, um, it, it, Jabba is teased. Beckett yeah. tells Beckett tells uh, Han, you know, he heard about a job on Tatooine. Yeah. So I could really see, you know, Boba Fett's story kind of taking him to Tatooine and interacting with Jabba there, and maybe that's where Han and him cross paths for the first time. Right. Um, you know, that'd be do, a cool do, way to do it. If the, if we don't get a solo a solo um, uh, sequel like we think we're going to, we can look back at that and say like, oh, that was a that was actually a setup for a Boba Fett movie, not a solo yeah. movie. Yeah, it makes you wonder too about um, uh, when the movie would take place. Could this because there were rumors uh, a couple of years ago that you know it's about somebody else finding Boba Fett's armor and kind of becoming a yeah, new Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like... I kind of dig that idea. <laughs> I'm like, I all really right, do. does this mean uh, Hugh Jackman is going to join the Star Wars universe? Uh-huh. You know? But if they go with the the uh, Boba Fett, you know, the son of Jango Fett thing, um, who should they get to to play him? I mean, I, I feel like you, you, you could open it up to, um, like... Geez, like Jason Momoa is probably way too tall, but... Um, Here's my thinking on that, though, is that... I, I think they're in a tricky place with canon on that because as we all know now, like it or not, the special editions are canon. That is, that is, that is what it is. Uh, And in the special, specifically the 2004 re-release, Tamora Morrison, who voices, or who played Jango Fett in, um, you know, in Attack of the Clones. Yep. Uh, Tamora Morrison voices Boba Fett in the 2004 special editions, which Uh, means that, that is the Boba Fett that we, you know, are getting, that we should be getting, unless we go for that. It would have to take place after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And it would be well, somebody else starts picking with him up like, Boba Fett. Yeah, like you start with the Sarlacc pit. But if it is, if it is... Uh, Prequel You know what's funny? Um, Jason Momoa, if he... If, I'm just, I'm going to run with my fan casting okay, here. Okay, okay. Um, his dad in the Aquaman movie is played by Tamara Morrison. Okay. So I'm just saying it would be a natural Some progression. Continuity, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, I am actually perfectly happy to go the dread route and and leave that helmet on the entire time and just have Tamora Morrison voice him. I oh, think that'd be cool. I've never, you know, it's not like it's one of those instances where it's like, oh, we're stuck with Tamora Morrison. Like, and no offense to Daniel Logan. I'm actually I'm not familiar with his work at all. That D- Daniel Logan is the guy that played uh Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones, the kid. Yeah. Um I, I don't I'm not familiar with his acting, so I'm not sure if he would be the best fit to yeah. carry on the sort of Boba Fett legacy. That said, I've never had a problem with Tamora Morrison's voice acting in yeah. you know, in Clone Wars or you know, what have yeah, you, just no. anything. I've always dug his um his voice and I think he would be perfectly fine as Boba Fett in yeah. in a Boba Fett movie. Like why not? Like yeah. people are all excited about Ewan McGregor coming back for Obi-Wan. So why not have Tamora Morrison voice Boba Fett and keep that continuity going? Yeah, I, that's what that's my vote. I I want Tamora Morrison. Well, we want to hear what you guys think about it. So definitely shoot us your thoughts at uh, 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 movies at ign.com and of course on 
uh, our Facebook uh, fan page. You know, leave your comments over there. Uh, let's move on from Boba Fett, though, uh, you know, to Disney and Fox. Now, that deal is, is not a done deal. But they are going to vote on it. Uh, what day again? July. I believe it's July 10th, early yeah. July. Yeah, right before Comic Con. So yep. just gonna keep us busy. Yep. And they basically, uh, you know, do they do they want to get married? Yeah. Both thing. companies are going to yeah. be voting simultaneously, but separately, on whether or not this deal should happen. Like the boards of each company. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. do you foresee or envision any scenario where they? one company votes no like i wonder if fox you know i mean this would essentially put them out of business you know it's certainly the legacy of that studio i mean to me like there's part of me that kind of hopes they vote no but i don't think it's gonna happen no i i think the money's too good the only thing that i could see possibly throwing it off um other other than the um the sort of the comcast thing well that's exactly what i was gonna say the comcast if comcast swoops in and gives them I, I had heard that they made like a big cash offer. Yeah. Um, and so it was like four or five billion something, or something crazy like that. Like, that. Yeah. like, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Comcast a little closer to it, like ups that offer and, and makes it too hard to walk away from. Um, but, and obviously the regulation process that it has to go through could also throw it off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, outside of Comcast throwing a curveball, I, think it's going to happen yeah uh and obviously and we've spoken at length on this podcast about the merits of that versus the uh the sort of um the negatives of it right but uh yeah it's i <laughs> either way it looks like it's going to happen so well uh we'll keep you all posted on that um it clearly have huge industry wide uh, ramifications and, and ign wide ramifications ign wide i mean it's it's if that happens, it's historic. It's be, yeah, for you know, sure. There's, that's and it's going to be a very busy week right before Comic-Con. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. So let's move on from that and talk about Power Rangers. Now, uh, I believe we actually spoke about it before of how Hasbro has now acquired the the franchise. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, there was some news today that we might be getting more Power Rangers movies. Now, what do you think? Uh, they, they were not clear about if this would continue on from the 2017 reboot yeah my feeling is probably not but maybe they go like the sort of incredible hulk route where you kind of sort of acknowledge that their origin happened you just you don't do another you just pick origin. up like in yeah. media res just and like middle of the story yeah um i i uh... I have such mixed feelings about it because I am a I am a vocal fan of the 2017 movie. Yeah, I, a lot of people are though. A lot uh, of people yeah, really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is that everyone. It's that movie that I I've pretty pretty much everyone I've talked to about this movie gives me an answer that is sort of close to this. It was actually like kind of fun. Like it yeah. was like everyone. No one like out and out hates it that I've talked to. Yeah, no. So. And I and the chemistry of that cast is so good, and I anything to get Elizabeth Banks back as Rita because she's yeah. insane and fun. And what's your name? Uh, the is it Naomi Scott? Naomi or, Scott is yeah. playing Jasmine in Aladdin. Yeah, so and her so star she'll is exactly. So I could see like even if they only just brought her back because I mean she, a, a lot of people are going to know you know, her coming off that movie. Sure. And but, obviously Dacre Montgomery is oh, yeah. much more higher profile because Stranger of Stranger Things. things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I really, 
I'm really pulling for them to keep it going with that cast. And I, yeah. I, I know that the likelihood is that they're just going to reboot and start over. And Power Rangers, more than any other franchise, lends itself to that because ever, basically every season is a reboot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How meta should they get then with it? Should they kind of like just have total fun, go the Deadpool route and just sort of make it a thing of like, yeah, remember all that time, boy, you, you, you've gotten shorter or yeah, something. Yeah, I feel like they're pretty, I feel like they're probably going to play it pretty straight. So I wouldn't expect any like meta stuff, like uh, maybe a joke or something, but yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they keep the 2017 cast and world around and Brian Cranston is Zordon, like, come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not, not hopeful for it. What I do hope is that they, I know they are building out this cinematic universe of theirs with Transformers and yeah. G.I. Joe and Rom Space Knight and, and Charles Barkley Mask and, and, and yeah, it's a, yeah, just, uh, they're going to get everyone they can in there. But, uh, I really do hope they kind of keep Power Rangers separate because, it's so easy to imagine how they could fit Transformers and G.I. Joe and all that stuff into the world of Power Rangers. I just don't want that at all. Yeah. Keep it separate. Let it be its own thing. It's so Power Rangers is so strong on its own as a as a franchise and a universe. Like you really don't need the only reason you would bring it in is to up the other stuff. Well, I, I mean, if I'm Hasbro, I'm looking at that being like, uh, I guess we'll have to see how the Bumblebee movie does later this year. Yeah. But like, <laughs> do we have yeah. to? <laughs> but like, you know, uh, oh, can we work in Bumblebee into uh, you know, Power Rangers? Like, what they they can't have a, a a talking car at one point? I think we're gonna see. I'm I'm really gonna be keeping an eye on who they end up assigning as a producer and a director to this this uh whatever the first power rangers project right. ends up being because i think if we see like kind of a kind of a studio person like a real a real like kind of hollywood business person like i'm gonna start worrying but if we see someone really cool get attached to that project yeah. i'm gonna feel a lot better about it so yeah. it's it's really gonna come down to that i think well Talking about cool people getting attached to projects, you like this segue. That was nice. Good uh, job. Jamie Foxx is officially yeah. cast as Spawn. Yep. You know what's crazy, dude? Uh, I, 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 Before we recorded, I found a story I wrote in July 2013, like almost exactly five years yep. ago, where it says Jamie Foxx wants to play Spawn. And he said in an interview that the two characters he really wanted to play, wants to play, are Spawn and Mike Tyson. And it's not mentioned in there, but those are two characters that Michael Jai White both played. Oh, I didn't know. I wasn't. I yeah, didn't know Michael Jai him. White was the first person to play Mike Tyson oh. in an HBO movie. And oh, it was cool. Like, I think it was like George C. Scott or somebody was yeah. like his uh, his his uh, uh, corner man. Yeah, yeah. and um, his Mick. But yeah, but it was like. It's just crazy to think that you know, like he's somebody his dreams come somebody, true. Somebody has to ask Michael Jai White, and I, I hope he's like, you know what? I want to play Ray Charles. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the great Jamie Fox, Michael J. White uh, uh. war. <laughs> um, yeah, Spawn is such a it's a it's one of those franchises where I've never had a super close relationship to it, but I've always like I've always kind of liked it from afar. I kind of yeah. see it and I'm like, I like that, I like that vibe. I like that. I remember I'll tell you my spawn story. I have one spawn story in my life. Um and it's being a little kid and I went to we had a um I grew up in New Hampshire and there is a, a flea market in New Hampshire and people bring their toys and stuff like that to sell. 
and this guy, I was probably like six or seven years old, and this guy had a uh, McFarlane Spawn toy wow. that was super kick-ass. I was like, a seven-year-old kid, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And not knowing any better, I asked the guy, I was like, oh, excuse me, sir, how much is that Spawn toy? And he was like, it's too much for you to afford. <laughs> and it broke my heart, and ever since, I've been like, oh, I gotta get a Spawn McFarlane toy just to put a middle finger in that I, guy's face. I had somebody say uh, something like that to me about 10 years ago when I or 15 years ago when I moved back out to LA and I was looking at an apartment. He's like, you cannot afford to live here. And I'm like, thank you. I'm going to go hang myself now. Oh, man. So, yeah, just being so like, I yeah. mean, there's all sorts of ways you can get your heart broken like, like that. But let's, you know, about the spawn of it all. Yes. I, I, I had one... Uh, the one thing I remember about that movie was taking my little cousin, he was only like 10 at the time, uh-huh. to go see it. Oh, and I thought, I, and movie. I was like, oh God, that movie is so awful. But he loved it. And uh, I just remember thinking, Martin Sheen, come on, man, you deserve better than yeah, this. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think it'll be. It did, give us, it did give us John Leguizamo as a blue demon thing. Yeah. I mean, Terrifying. He's, he's the standout in that movie. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, Todd McFarlane did an interview recently and he said that. Not to expect to see Spawn himself that much in the movie. They're going to kind of treat him kind of like the the shark in Jaws. And, 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 you know, he keeps describing the movie as a creep movie that he wants to do like a... And it is a Blumhouse production and they do things on the cheap. So, um, yeah, I could totally see sort of a way where you just get Spawn in sort of doses. But do you think... uh, Small doses. But do you think that will upset fans who kind of want to see the guy and the cape and the guns and all that. Yeah, no, I do think you gotta, it's going to be interesting to see how they market that movie. I wonder if they're going to run into the same problem as Venom did where yeah. they're like, maybe yeah. we get a first trailer where Spawn's not in it. Cause if they truly are trying to keep Spawn sort of, uh, sort of limited in screen time to keep that budget down. Like, how do you market the movie as Spawn, Cape, Demon? Rah, yeah, that? and why make the movie if you're not going to, yeah. you know, make up for? Because let's face it, the original movie, they you know they put him in the suit and did the whole thing, and yep. you got your your. Uh, I want to say money's worth. I didn't get my money, ah. but you know, you get your you entertainment got value of seeing Spawn in <laughs> yep. action. And so I don't know. Uh, but uh, what do you think about the casting of Jamie Foxx? As, Jamie Foxx. I'm always interested to see what Jamie Foxx does. He's a great actor. Um, and he's in serious need of superhero redemption because I am still angry about Electro in <laughs> Spider-Man 2. They had such a good opportunity. My problem with that, I'm going on a Spider-Man, an amazing Spider-Man 2 rant for th- 30 seconds. Give me a break here. They had such a good opportunity with that character. They started him off as like this mentally ill supervillain, like with a clear mental illness. He's fixated on Spider-Man. And it was such a cool opportunity to be like, oh man, like, are they going to spend this entire movie like on the ethics of fighting a like a visibly mentally ill superhero? Like sort of like um, what I'm sure Glass and sort of Splits yeah. dealt with, s- deals with slash uh, – so, and when they brought him from that very early promise of like, oh, this could be something new for a superhero villain in these kinds of movies to just like zany and like it just turned into Batman forever. Crazy. Exactly. Yeah. I was so disappointed. And I know Jamie Foxx can do better than that. Yeah. And so maybe we'll get that in Spawn because be he does have a tragic see. backstory that he can play. And um, yeah, I'm always psyched to see Jamie Foxx in something. So I'm very, I'm, I'm excited to see this. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, Jamie Foxx from a commercial standpoint too, is a good, is a good, uh, 
pick. You could totally buy him as like this, you know, uh, badass killer, um, you know, who has to go through this whole journey and everything. So I, you know, he works on a, on a bunch of levels, but I will say, you know, Michael Jai White was, he was one of the best things in that movie, you know? Yeah. And, and he's a, it's all, it's kind of weird to say that it's, uh, for an, to, uh, about an Oscar winner, that that's a tough act to follow. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Michael Jai White is that's a, a cult favorite. That yeah, movie. it's yeah. it's it's like you know, it, it's it's definitely. It'll be curious to to see. Do fans embrace it, or are they gonna like you said, like give it kind of the cold shoulder that Venom has kind of gotten from them? Yeah. You know? Well, we'll see. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for uh, uh, this section of the podcast. But we do want to hear what you guys have to say about Spawn. So, of course, as always, uh, movies at ign.com and on the Facebook page and hashtag IGN Movies Podcast on Twitter. Now, Tom, uh, do we have any listener? inquiries of course we do because our listeners are the best listeners thank you guys you submitted questions on very short notice so you guys are great such short notice that i didn't get a chance to proof these and i'm just gonna be <laughs> checking them out uh let's start with this one from Stephen mcneil what unlikely sequel would you guys like to see made so what's a sequel to a movie didn't we answer that in our solo one <laughs> yeah right yeah so, a solo sequel there you go um unlikely sequel uh, geez, even we kind of talked about it in Power Rangers as well. Uh, I guess maybe a, I wouldn't mind seeing a Hulk kind of solo movie, but I understand Ooh, yeah. the uh, I understand the rights issues involved there with Universal and everything. Um, yeah, off the top of my oh, uh, a Goodfellas sequel. Ah, okay. Like you know Henry Hill becoming a celebrity. You could almost do it like King of Comedy style. Yeah, you know. Uh, I was going to say, like, you, know, you took the words out of my mouth for right now because it's fresh in my mind and I do want it. Power Rangers. <laughs> I, I really, really want Green with Evil. I want the Tommy storyline. Yeah. So I'm going to say Power Rangers. So thank you for that question, uh, Steven. Uh, we will. <laughs> this is pretty funny. Uh, Kevin Lower asks, anyone else remember that Alita Battle Angel was delayed to December? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the answer I, to your question I do, is, yes. <laughs> my answer is no, not really. I, I don't didn't. see any real I'm not excited desire for that. for that movie. I yep. hated that trailer. Uh, I, I hate it the, was bad. the digital eyeball thing that they're going for. I don't even mind that. I just thought it looked boring as hell. Yeah. Like, it just, like, I, I saw nothing in there that made me want to see it. Not yeah. even Christoph Waltz. I know. Well, I, I got to say, Christoph Waltz has been playing the same character for about five years now yep you know yeah well thank you for that question kevin uh jalen matthews asks uh what is your most anticipated movie for june this month easy enough hmm i i guess uh oh hereditary probably i was gonna say jurassic world fallen kingdom but i guess hereditary just because it's something i have no kind of preconceived notion about and a trailer looks awesome yeah i am uh I'm so excited for Hereditary. I I, I think what A24 is doing, uh, I was going to say in the horror space, but really just in general, is so great. I really think they're sort of like the Pixar of live action right now where everything oh, we wow. get from them. That's high praise, dude. Yeah, no, I really, well, we're just getting such interesting, unique, and quality-wise, consistently Good, yeah. the like more folks or less. Who gave us Ex Machina? And, Ex Machina, yeah. Swiss Army Man, uh, The Witch, Hereditary's yeah. coming. 
the Disaster Artist. Yeah. Like they're putting out they these have great really, taste. Yeah, uh, I can't say enough nice things about A24. They're doing great stuff. So Hereditary, Tony Collette looks amazing. Like I'm already seeing. Like yeah. they're already pushing her for an Oscar nomination. We were trying to, in 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 uh, uh, full disclosure defense, we were trying at one point to to get Tony Collette to come in on the podcast, and it just couldn't work out scheduling wise. Yeah, but maybe uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe uh, if there's a Hereditary two. Yes. Although, like, who knows how what the movie is? But uh, yeah, I'm also like, I, if if it doesn't need a sequel, I don't need a sequel. It's fine. I hope it lives up to the hype. I do in my too. mind, it's like, oh, it's gonna be amazing. And um, something like, tells me though. But I've been hearing about this. When did it premiere? It was like Sundance. Sundance or yeah, something. I've so, been like hearing January. about this movie consistently since Sundance. That's not the mark of a movie that's gonna like. I yeah. feel like that's not the mark of a movie that's gonna disappoint. But you know, the thing is too uh, to get to the A24 and the witch of it all like we heard that about the witch too and you know the audiences just hated it it, it, it didn't do well and it, it got a very low cinema score so I, I I hope Hereditary is embraced in a way that uh, the witch didn't because I love the witch the wit- yeah that that's the kind of movie where I think general audiences didn't like it but like genre fans horror fans yeah. went crazy for it yeah. like love that movie yeah uh all my like i i feel like a lot of my friends that are big horror fans like i've never heard anything but like oh yeah. that movie's great um so thank you for that question uh jalen we will move on uh, i think this is a good one to end on uh on twitter agent smith x2 asks okay. us what is real and that is horrifying because I don't want Agent Smith asking me what is real. You know, I I I think it's all just a kind of a, a construction. Did I ever tell you my 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 theory, or not even a theory, just a thing about like when people see ghosts? Because I'm like, you think that's a glitch in the matrix? Well, what I think it, it, it might be because I'm like, how come you only ever see ghosts from the time? photography was invented on even if it's like a ghost from the 1800s what where are the people from the 1600s where's you know we're native americans we're like you know from way back in the day like how come you're only ever seeing people from the time photos uh, photography existed and why do they have clothes so here's my here's my theory i wonder um that maybe it's an interdimensional rift where it's sort of like the way like you one tape player starts playing before the other one and they're trying to catch up mm-hmm. and so that there's just this kind of momentary rift in space time and you're kind of seeing somebody who occupied this space from a different time from the past just going about their business and that's why they why they don't always see you mm-hmm. except for or react to you in case you know, they're, the same thing has happened to them, and they're saying, who are these people from the future, you know, showing up? So I don't know. That's just a weird I, – I, I wonder. I just, I've never seen a ghost. I Frankly, I don't really believe in them, yeah, but, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, as you were telling that story, I just like – I was like, oh, how funny would it be if I just started fading the volume? <laughs> and then we just kind of went out. Just like, how long did he go on for after that fade? <laughs> yeah. um, that is an interesting ghost. I had never thought of it like that. It did make me think of, though um, – I don't know why it triggered this memory for me, but 
Do you remember the movie White Noise starring oh, Michael Keaton? Yes, I did. I actually liked that one. That movie I actually, it was okay. I think you know? that movie wasn't bad. We that got was like s- one of his first comeback movies yeah. was that one. Like well, his first starring role in like, lead time like on 10 that years. Yeah, because yeah, no, yeah, that came he, out like he 2004 like or essentially retired and went off to his cabin in, in Montana for like uh-huh. 10 years. You know? um, yeah, that movie was... I, I feel like we got so many of those sort of... Uh, those sort of techno thrillery horror movies in like yeah. the early 2000s. Like I think of, I kind of put like white noise, the forgotten. Oh God. Uh, yeah. That one. Is uh, that the Julianne Moore that one? That is the Julianne yeah, Moore yeah, one where people that. just fly into the sky for no reason. <laughs> and then at the end it's, uh, I don't remember who the pasty. Oh, it's uh, the guy that plays Thomas Wayne in Batman Begins. Oh, uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, Liam. No, he's a, I know this guy. He started the movie priest as well. Yeah. Yep. So that guy. Uh, yeah, he shows up as, like, the weird, like, alien dude. And, yeah, I feel like those movies are such of that very specific uh, – oh, what's the other one? Uh, is it Pulse? The one the one with – it's Kristen Bell. Oh, yeah, yeah, Pulse. Yeah, it's because, called Pulse. Yeah, Why do they, I remember these because, dumb movies? Because they, they have essentially <clears throat> a joke about that in uh, Forgetting uh, Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Reference I that. Not to that. That's so funny. Well, guys, that was all the uh, the questions that you guys submitted. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, and we will end as we always do by talking about the last movie we saw. So Jim, what was the last movie you watched? Uh, I revisited Jurassic Park recently. Never heard of it. Is it um, any good? It's it's you know what? It's not too shabby. No, Ooh. it really it holds up. Like it's interesting yeah. to see like those effects still hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, and. There was something about that movie that I had forgotten, which was uh, Alan Grant, the Sam Neill character. You know, the dinosaurs are basically going to put him out of a job because he's got that whole line, him and and Ellie, where they're like, what are we going to do if we don't have to pick up the dinosaur bones anymore? And he's like, I guess we'll just have to evolve too. And it's like things like that that I had kind of forgotten about the movie. And there's like just ways you can kind of look at it. A lot of nuance in it. Yeah, no, and there's a lot of... um, uh, you know, and Jeff Goldblum's character and how he's such a Cassandra, like everything he warned them about, you know. But it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it really holds up. Mm-hmm. And also, too, like John Williams is, I feel like he should, I know he's a composer, but I feel like he should be on the list of like greatest filmmakers of all time. For sure. Because he's in his music for so many movies has inspired as many people who want to become filmmakers, I think as the filmmakers themselves. Yep. Like there's just something about John Williams and, and his iconic themes that just grab you, man, and, and help these movies stay timeless. Yep. Yep. John Williams, uh, you can't overstate how important that music is to not only that movie, but yes, any John Williams music yeah. for any movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to be checking out Jurassic Park in the lead up to Fallen Kingdom. I'm so, before I go to my movie, I'm very interested. I don't always tr- necessarily trust the reactions coming out of, uh, you know, like premiere screenings or stuff like right. that. Cause obviously we're all in the hype train and we're all guilty of sometimes having, uh, stronger opinions right out of the movie than we do a couple days later yeah. after we've cooled off. That all said, the reactions that are coming out of the first couple of screenings of this movie overseas are very effusive and 
that surprises me because the trailers are not selling this movie to be Jurassic as good as World making it out to be. Yes. Oh, I thought you were leading up to like the movie that the last movie you saw. I'm like, oh, oh my god, no. he's really baiting us with this. Like, what oh, movie no, was no, that? No, this, Tom? We're still on Jurassic Park. Yeah, World. So I'm I'm super interested to see how this movie yeah, ends up. I'm still trailers, excited to see it, even though well, I'm like not well, J. sold. J. Bayona is a fine director. I, yeah, J. Bayona. So he's the really one great. thing that's keeping me like from being like, all right, this is gonna suck. But yep, you yeah, know, that's those the trailers wild card. just have not done anything for me. Yeah, it's it's it makes me wonder if it is. It, I'm open to the possibility of it being such a departure from what we know of Jurassic World, and they're really intentionally cutting the trailers to make us think we're getting something that we're expecting, and yeah. then they're going to pull the rug out from under us. I hope that happens. I would yeah. love if that happens. Um, but yes, as you said, J.A. Bayona is a really, really good filmmaker. If you've never seen, I don't know if it was his debut, but it was certainly what put him on the map, uh, The Orphanage. Gosh, so good. Is so good. Guillermo del Toro produced it, and uh, Bayona directed it, and it is this beautiful sort of like like a Spanish gothic horror. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then I, I liked a, what was it, the monster calls. And a monster we, we calls. Had it, we had him in here for, did, for that. Yeah. And I really liked them. I know some people thought it was treacly, and one person called it like tragedy porn. And I'm like, come on, man. No. Yeah. You know? Um, the, the movie, yeah, monster calls. I speaking of it being tragedy porn. I literally had to pull my car over after my screening of it because I was crying. So oh. it hit me so hard. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great movie. Speaking of great movies, here's the movie I watched last. I'm getting back up on my bully pulpit to champion this movie wherever I can. <laughs> I watched Game Night for the third time this week. Not <laughs> three times this week, but for my third time. And it is just one of the best like studio comedies that I've seen in years and years and years and years. Yeah. It is so well-plotted and funny and just surprising where they can fit jokes in where you weren't expecting. There was a gag involving a glass table in that movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you see? Yeah. The glass table gag in that movie is so, so unexpected and great. Yeah. Uh, I think it only comes up like twice or three times, but it's so well-timed that it just like, it kills me. So if you haven't seen Game Night, I, I, if you've seen the trailers and you think you know what you're getting with that movie, go see it. Yeah, two words: Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons He's runs so away with that good. movie. He's so good. and 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 the dog too. I everyone, Bastion. if you follow me on social media, I know I'm a big dog nut. But that little Westie in that movie cracked me up, and the way that they kind of used him because he's like a legit plot element at one yeah. point. You know. <laughs> yeah, and he starts out as this sort of. Uh, yeah, he's just kind of in the background. And he's like the creepy prop that yeah. Gary just kind of always has <laughs> with him. And uh, yeah, it, it sort of goes on to just really ruin things for Jason Bateman at one point, yeah. let's say. Yeah. So that is game night. Please, please see it if you haven't, because yeah. I want it to get a sequel. It's on, yep, it's on uh, it's streaming now and everything? Or it's out. It, it's, it's, it's home every, release, yes. Yeah. I don't think it's on any streaming services yet, but you can definitely rent yeah. it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at, at Jim Vavida and at Tom underscore Jorgensen. Send us your thoughts at movies at IGN.com. Check us out on our uh, our fan page, uh, as well as uh, hashtag IGN Movies Podcast on Twitter if you get any questions for us. But uh, as always, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Uh-huh.